Welcome to the Freestyle Approach Podcast. I'm Tracy Kafer, and you're going to be listening to a conversation that I had with my friend and movement sensei, Marlo Fiskin. I wanted to ask you about your, I feel curious, I know you've been through a lot of change. We've all been through a lot of change and you're now living um, in this new place, fairly new. Um, And your movement practice, you know, if if I was just like a a fly on the wall, just looking in, it's it's thriving. Um, What's what's your relationship to movement like right now or how is it different than other phases of your life? you know, shaped by the space, always, always shaped by the space. Here, I have lots of space, (laughs) but I have no reflective surfaces (laughs) in those spaces. So, you know, uh, that that does change how I do and, and how I dance completely when I have a mirror and when I don't. And I love both. So it's not to say that I feel now free because I don't have a mirror, but it it just... Um, brings me into a certain type of movement practice that's certainly more based on doing what feels like nourishing or sustainable, really feeling kinetic energy and and playing with um, you know what what my structure is permitting or not permitting rather than going more into like a performance mode, which I love too, just isn't an option <laughs> as much when you don't have a reflective surface. Um, you know a mirror or a person right right. anything right sometimes I do realize I'm like you are very alone right now I'm like yep that's okay um (laughs) it's okay um yeah you know there's not there's not a movement community in this anywhere near me anywhere near me and there and there are of course people there's always people that move but not as maybe in the really in the realms that I'm in so much. Maybe there's some contact improv people, or there's just some there's some Zook people ninety minutes away. Um, ninety minutes away. Wow. Yeah, I did. You know, when I was in Virginia. So then we have another like in Virginia. I did not really have pole access, um, and I then I had access to a gym, and so I was like called to the weight racks, and I felt great actually. Like felt so 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 good to just be in a mode where I was focused on strength. So I kind of look at the, my changes of locations create these like seasons of training. Mm. And I just let it be, cause I do feel here. I'm not as inclined to do strength training somehow because of the space. It's like, oh, there's this birds chirping and it's quiet. And I don't have that environment. <laughs> it's harder to bring, get myself in that mode. Um, but would you say that in that the adaptation of the ability to be adapting and I don't know, maybe even receptive is a really great um, quality of movement practice to have. I, I mean, I, because I'm somebody who has switched locations nearly full-time, like for 10 yeah. years, it's, it, it's, nece- it's necessary. And pr- like, I would not be able to do what I do at the level that I do it. If I, wasn't very adaptable. Like sometimes I was in somebody's, you know, staying in someone's home who's like in the woods. And the only option is to hike really, because there's, there's just not enough space. And like, I'm going to take, take that option. Um, yeah, but, uh, I think that's something that I, I find myself reminding other, other people to like, look at the space, the, the place that you're in and, and, adapt yourself to it. Let it, let it tell you what you should be doing there. Um, cause if I, if, for example, here, I, I came, I was enjoying lifting weights so much in Virginia beach that I was like, I got to figure it out when I get to Hawaii. Um, but there's not, there's not a gym here. There's a 30 minutes away and I don't have a car. So (laughs) like, all right, yes, that's not an option. You know, I have to adapt and get that if I'm wanting that sort of stimulus, that sort of like I'm being, my strength is being taxed. I have to do it another way. Um, which sometimes comes with a little bit of, you know, frustration to have to always be reestablishing 
the practices that feel nourishing, like redesigning it again and again, you go somewhere, new diet, new movement diet. Um, but, but I got to do it or else I'm not right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I can think about and recall people I know where maybe a space closed or a move happened or an injury happened. So some sort of conditional change. And then that person's practice sort of dies or hibernates or they, they can't seem to find new ground. Um, and I think it's actually really common as I, yeah. I, in my own movement spaces, you know, people come and they might admit that they haven't moved in a couple of years, particularly with pole, like people will take, take long, long breaks. If you know, the spaces aren't right, or they are in a new, new territory. What about the, the, the quote unquote beginner? Like mm -hmm. if the idea of, uh, um, adapting moving practice where you're like dynamically engaged with your body in your life every day, and you're new to that world, like where, where could that person, I guess now I'm asking you a question, where yeah. would that person go to start working on that muscle? Because well, you have a no. lifetime, you have like a, you have like a movement library inside of you. That's really extensive. Yeah. I mean, it, it my, my first thought in response isn't the necessarily the answer, but it is a reminder that this is why it's really important that no matter what somebody is teaching, that they are equipping people with the skills to be like autonomously moving, that you're equipping people with the skills to sense what would be nourishing in that moment. And that doesn't always mean leading, leaning into comfort and pleasure. Those are really important practices, like to, to see what would feel really good right now, you know, what feels like warm and fuzzy, but also to like learn to embrace the sensations of work, of effort, of challenge. But if, if people aren't invited to notice those things and like cultivate them for those things, even in a group environment, then they don't have the tools to go out and do it because they're completely dependent on the instruction of an outside authority to get them in motion. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a big one. I do. Some people have a stronger relationship to music than others, of course, but I, of course, of the, for most people, the right sounds, the right mm -hmm. sounds will like dramatically change their, the level of inspiration. You know, there was um, some period of time years ago when they, they uh, made it illegal for like, it might be like college level and up um, track athletes to listen to music because it was considered performance enhancement. Like just the same, yeah, just the same way yeah. that like, you know, you can't do uh, anabolic steroids. You, you can't listen to your iPod because it was considered like it's that powerful in how it affects your biochemistry and your performance that it can give you an advantage. So that's when I think that sometimes and I, I've had this experience in my life. I go to somewhere new. I feel kind of, um, you know, not, I don't feel settled and which will also mean you don't really feel connected to your body or maybe like the movement that you want. But when I remember to like put on some music or like find a song that, that feels fresh and feels like really rich, it, it can completely change. It can be like the pivot point. You just need to find that, like that rhythm, that like energy, the cadence that gets you feeling, feeling amped. You know, like there's getting to a point where you feel amped is I, I find it really important. And it's something that I, I see that many people also aren't equipped with, particularly that come from more like fluid movement ways, you know, even like within pole is a lot of like smooth and undulating, but we need this like higher level discharge too, you know, like in the, the bouncing, the shaking and, um, the fire. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fire, like make your own fire, not burpees. Like it, sure. It could be burpees, but like, how can you get the, the fire that comes from, you know, what you experience in a hit class without feeling like that's the only way to get there. And one song can do it. <laughs> you know, One song totally. can be the, the, the state change agent. I think this is like the very basis of being in an exploring environment or being in a freestyle class is like you're, you're cultivating that ability to 
work from some impulse from somewhere within you to move. And it reminds me of that. And um, music is a really great thing to use. But what else do you have? Yeah, no, I think there's entry. like, we're looking for what are these like little gateways that are like, they're yeah. always just a, a weight shift away. <laughs> you know, it's a, yeah. a weight shift away. And now you're in a movement practice. And so yeah. with that, like actually sh shifting weight, I is one that I teach a lot in floor flow. Like, can we, if we feel what we're on, we can do these you know, different patterns of shifting and like you, you're, you're in motion now, now can just kind of, can we stay in motion from that, um, ground, as you mentioned with flexion and section, <laughs> section <laughs> extension, <laughs> that's a new spinal motion. Um, you know, like what is it like any of the basic spinal oh, yeah. patterns, like rotation, you know, in, in Qigong and many of the like Eastern energetic forms, you do this spiral from side to side and like that, that uh, like laterally swaying flexion extension. Those are all gateways. Cause they just bring us out of stagnation or they bring us out of, I'm going to, you know, my neutral has like air quality quotes because neutral spine is a thing that we're probably not in, <laughs> but like the, the non-motion state, it just starts to oscillate you um, back and forth. Like oscillation is a, is a good, uh, even just word. Like how can I kind of oscillate with what I'm doing right now? If I'm on the computer, I can start to oscillate away from it and towards it. And like, there you go. You're, you're in motion. Um, Absolutely. So when I think about, when I think about you, I, I, I see this, this, um, this, this constant forward moving energy. And, um, it makes me want to ask you about stillness. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. what is your relationship to stillness and how does that show up in your life or um, anything around the, the non-moving yeah. um, embodiments or <laughs> disembodiments? Yeah. I mean, I, I practiced seated meditation and in stillness, and that's not a problem for me. I know that for, for, there are certainly people that they feel quite uncomfortable in that, in the stillness. And so they, they need motion for it, but, um, yeah, it's, I, I feel, I feel content in, in being still as well. I think I just have like, you know, some people need more carbohydrates. Some people need more fat in their diet and I need a lot of wiggling to be, mm -hmm. to be okay. And I actually like with, you know, this surely goes deep, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of like chronic pain in my family. And like, I feel these, like these joint pains that when I'm not moving as much. So the, in many ways, like the, like this, you know, wiggling is, um, you know, like kind of just to, to keep myself lubricated enough to feel well, <laughs> like keeping yeah, the fluids absolutely. moving. Um, I can then, mirror, yeah. mirror that by the way, the, um, the aches that happen when I'm moving less. I mean, that's, that's real. I have, uh, I have a like sort of lifelong, um, sort of chronic instability in the lumbar spine and this particular SI joint and this particular psoas. And it's really amazing how uh, just a little bit of movement can transform that. I think I spent many years um, sort of not really educated properly on what mm -hmm. would be taking care of that area. I think most people, um, and this is, we're talking about decades ago, would have recommended or did recommend, you know, rest and sort of even more caretaking the immobility that was going on. Um, yeah. And I found the, um, as you said, the opposite to be true. Absolutely. Yeah. That kind of circles back to the, the question you asked me about helping people find their, their in to a practice and may in, you know, it's like reducing friction, reducing the friction of getting started. Cause it's when we need the right environment, the right clothes, the right time of day, the right level of alertness, you know, we can, we can have, even if you're feeling like you're kind of dragging ass, like maybe still a little bit of movement in your spine would, would, would help. It doesn't mean that you're not honoring rest just because you're not being immobile, right? We can have like restful, gentle motion. That's like more of a, like a surrendering, surrendering to gravity type of practice. Um, but you know, when we, we, we are very adept at recognizing the signals of like hunger and thirst, you know, 
we like, we know what that feels like hunger thirst, although that can still be confusing. Sometimes people don't know how to distinguish between them and feel hunger rather than being able to identify it's actually dehydration. That that's, I mean, that's a, a thing to, to clarify and it's important, you know, but we don't heed the signs of our body saying, I am hungry for motion. And what type of motion am I hungry for? And that's a, that's like a skill set that you can develop. That's not, you know, not that hard. Like what is the, what is the sensation going on in this area right now? What does it feel like when I make it really tight? If I like really turn up the effort in that area and then what does it feel like? Or what does it feel like when I'm kind of like tugging at it? Like it's taffy, um, you know, like a more of a pumping, stretching motion. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we tend to, for many people, they're trained to identify these hunger signals of movement as something that they need to turn to an outside authority to help them identify what it is. Yeah, it's so funny you said that because the thing that comes to me is, all right, in the realm of movement and people searching for movement guidance is a sort of a lack of sovereignty that, okay, I have this impulse to move and now I'm going to go find someone who's going to tell me what to do. Um, you know, whether that's like a class or a video. And of course, I don't want to like talk myself out of business, but um, <laughs> guidance and oops, pardon me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that on, um, you know, someone who goes to let's let's just paint a general picture here, trying not to be too stereotyping. But let's say someone has a, a day job and that day job's fairly sedentary in nature. And then they come home and they have this window of time to quote unquote work out and all of that language gets a little tricky, I think. Um, and then they're going, let's say they put on a, a, a video and, um, and then they're following directions or what comes up for you when I bring that up? Yeah. Um, you know, some, sometimes it, it feels really good to like hand ourselves over to, to an authority and, yeah. you know, I, I, I can do and know what I do because I've turned myself over to other people's guidance for so long. So, you know, it's through the experience of being a student that, you know, things became natural for me at some point. Yeah. Um, but something I, you know, this is like a very applicable tip that I, I often offer. Like I was in Chicago teaching, um, on a residency recently. And I noticed that before I would start class at people in this particular studio would tend to show up early and they were kind of taking care of themselves already. Like they would be in there, you know, like moving a little bit before class started. And that to me is like a really, it's a really, it's a good sign of, uh, the, the culture that people have been exposed to when it comes to learning movement. And like, I've, I've kind of played with sometimes if I see that everybody's in a state where they're more like they're all on their phones or they're talking, I kind of don't start class right away. And like ask people to then maybe spend one song and just now practice moving in what you feel like you need right now, because I, I can actually bring that into the class where I'm then going to give instructions because that's a skill that I really want them to leave with is, Absolutely. is knowing that. So it could be that, um, if somebody feels like they, they are the only way that they can get going is with somebody else telling them what to do. Like, can you bookend, can you bookend your own, uh, movement? Or like, it could even be at the end that you take what you just practiced and then play with it for five minutes on your own, but not on following the, the exact directions of somebody else. Um, there's something interesting that can happen while you are in a, an environment where there's a lot of guidance going on. I think that there's a lot, there's a transformation that occurs as we, um, we can change how we are inhabiting those spaces while they're happening. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to say about that, but the, the kind of autonomy that can exist even while you are in a class where everyone's relatively doing the same thing or focused on the mm -hmm. same thing. I think there's opportunities in there, um, not even to wait until you're, you know, you're out of the environment in a way that's like not destructive, right? You're not just mm -hmm. <laughs> start like doing laps around the room and going rogue. But um, the curiosity that I sense that you have 
in an un, you know, in a self-guided that can happen. Yeah. You, you, where you're in collaboration with the moment. I don't know. Do you want to say anything about that? Yeah, I think, um, in, you know, in, in earliest learning stages, we tend to be like, we're kind of fixated on what's outside and we're trying to take what we're picking up sensorily and like mimic it for the most part. Um, and it takes time for people to also be able to then feel what's going on now in these like kind of more somatic approaches, people are invited to, to feel and notice much sooner, but that's a quite atypical in the way that most people learn movement. Um, but you could, you know, you could try if you're in a student role and, you know, I don't, let's say you're on, somebody's on all fours and they're doing like a single leg knee circle out to the side that we could call like a hip mobility warm up. Um, even if you're kind of asking yourself, like, what am I feeling in my hip right now? Or, yeah. you know, just kind of re re-identifying and connecting with your internal experience while you're in the role of following directions. Um, yep. That I think could be, again, like a, a useful skill that will serve you when it's time for you to move on your own. Yeah, I, um, I had a, someone in my class yesterday and it was lovely. Uh, she was reflecting on her experience exploring movement and you could clearly hear her test. So she came up with a hypothesis while moving and then tested that hypothesis while moving and had this really in a beautiful inner experience that, you know, I'm not privileged to because I'm not inside of her inside of her head. Um, you know, what would speak of that language of what would happen if or what would this be like if I did this? I think that's a beautiful thing that you can bring into any moment. Mm -hmm. um, let's say you are, to use your example, following a warm up sequence, you're like following a sequence, um, not holding yourself to a really rigid sense of timing, like I need to finish this mm -hmm. um, the second I see my teacher moving on to the next thing, like ha having some space um, in the, in those moments to find your own endings, find your own beginnings, uh, transition. Those are also really cool, cool places to be um, kind of autonomous. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, you know, certain types of people um, or even it just how it feels in certain types of environments, you might not do that. Maybe like, oh, shit, now we're over here. I got to literally um, abandon what I was working on to get into the next position or the next shape. But those transitions can be also kind of um, taking care of yourself there. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's, you know, one, one reason that when I um, am doing something that's a bit more structured and follow along, I tend to end things with like it dwindling down. And so I like, you know, like feel, feel for your end of this experience, feel for your end of it and like kind of unwind from it, which doesn't say like, and now release, it doesn't, call for the moment you're 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 kind of looking for a particular sensation that's going to let you know that it's time to move on yeah um uh you know there's a there's a particular point of like arrival that we're all experiencing that you can come away from which you yeah. know, makes me think of maybe a helpful cue that i have never used but if giving something more structured a question that would be when like let's say we're doing some, some kind of like lateral flexion side bending thing and then you know getting to know like feel it at at what point in your like day or your life would this be a good movement to do so starting to realize like mm. maybe if you are if it's like some sort of opening identify almost like starting to locate that movement in your day at other points like what, when would this feel like a really good thing to add into your day? Cause you, people don't always remember those opportunities. Like if I can imagine that when I am brushing my teeth in the morning, I can like bounce up and down on my toes then <laughs> I might remember it later on. But if I've never envisioned it and I don't feel that impulse, then I'm less, you know, of course, less likely to do it. Now that's, that's a really good point. You know, the question <laughs> 
on my mind now is sort of going a bit more personal because I wanted to ask you this question. And I don't, also don't want to get morbid on you to be like, what? We can talk about death. It's okay. Yeah, can we? Um, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like if you were at the end of your life and you were looking back um, at what you have experienced and done and lived, what, what would you want that to contain? Like what's the most important piece for you mm-hmm. about all this time that you spend? in this aspect of life? Well, you know, my, my, it, when you first started to ask the question, <laughs> what, what popped up was, you know, kind of like, if it was now, you know, if I was at a point now where I'm like at the end of life, rather than looking at it as sometime in the it, far in the future, yeah. and I go like, what do I wish I'd have more of an effect on? It would, it would be, the physical environments that people find themselves in because we are our our impulses our nervous systems our movement choices right which is related to all of that have to do with the spaces that we're in and the 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 physical spaces and environments that we go through just like aren't reminding us and they're not teaching us how to, how to move and how to be free and how to support one another in, in those experiences. And so that really means that I'm not talking about like dance studios, but like, you know, public spaces that are like hubs that are encouraging people to move. And that has kind of been in my, my plan for the future, but I would be like, I didn't do it. Cause I clearly got there in terms of like helping people find joy and freedom and movement. And um, I, you know, it's, it's clear to me that that's me doing my thing because it comes, it comes very easily to me and I'm endlessly curious about it. So it's like, there is an ease that suggests that it was the, it's the right thing, but that doesn't mean that I, uh, you know, but I, I also, because it comes easily, I'm, always trying to learn the areas that are harder for me to, you know, strengthen or like fortify, um, expand, not narrow myself into just following, like just teaching movement classes. That is, it's, it's very joyful. I would do it for free and I do do it for free (laughs) because (laughs) I would, I find myself in a movement camp and, you know, like it's irresistible, the opportunity to, to create it. But, um, um, yeah, that I don't know that I've fin- found my full answer to the question, but I do. I barely I think, found the question. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We're finding all the things, but um, I do, you know, knowing because I grew up in some sometimes there were these like dance events that would happen maybe over the course of many weeks, these like more intensive things that were so important, so important. And I don't. I don't really get these like longer term intensive experiences now in my life, like aside from zoom classes, not quite the same, but I also haven't really had that chance to build that for other people. If we were like getting together for a period of time and just like going, going in either in a more collaborative space, which I I dream of, you know, like I want to like be with some peers like minds to enhance and challenge one another. you know, like I'd, I'd kind of like long for the fact that I, that that didn't, that didn't happen enough. Mm. Or so at all, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> then ideal scene, like if you could wave a magic wand and kind of change something in reality to better fit sort of your ideal. Is yeah. it, is it having more of that? Is it, that you walk into an airport and it looks different. What? Yeah, I was, I was exactly going to say like airport. It's a place that I I've spent a lot of time and it would be so easy to both make it, you know, both more accessible because like accessibility is like an, you know, just this ongoing, uh, tragically like unconsidered area for people with disabilities. And then we're also building spaces that are like incapacitating people because of their environments that they're in, because they're not cued 
to behave in ways that are health sustaining. We're cued to behave in ways that are, you know, health depreciating. Like, yeah. That's the, the cues that we get in, in an airport. And it's like, it would be, it would be so easy to make these like design changes and cultural shifts. Like when there are places to play and to touch and to move people do it, they do it. Like there, if, if there, if you build like some sort of more, like these movement rooms or spaces, take some chairs away. Um, you know, it's amazing to see like what comes alive in, in people when they have spaces that are encouraging it. So. You know, the thing that came to mind, I don't know if you've ever seen this video. I think it was a viral video where someone put some signs on their little sidewalk in front of their house and called it like the prompt was to do your silliest walk. <laughs> and, they, and they filmed it. And, you know, it's, it's too, it's too delicious not to do that to, to, yeah. to like Joe walking his dog at six o'clock is there like, you know, duck walking and like having a, a good old time and so simple. And it reminds me of that, that the, the, it doesn't take much, as you said, to um, elicit that kind of Oh, that's so wonderful. I, I did not see that video, but now it's like got my wheels turning and I'm thinking of like <laughs> the little grocery store down the road, Malama Market. They always play like pretty good music. There's like, it's kind of like a lot of 80s, 90s or like, but, but song or like just jams. Every time I go in there and I'm like, <laughs> if it could be like, you know, like oils, spices on this aisle, we slide from side to side. <laughs> like, you know, like this, that, 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 that like movement suggestions yeah. are everywhere. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's because of the actual objects that you're on. That's why one of my favorite places in the world is St. Louis city museum, because you have a place that is cueing people to move in, in all these different ways. Um, but that's, that's great. Like the, to have that, like, if I was feeling crap and I saw a sign somewhere that was like, from this point to that point, we skip. <laughs> like, <laughs> may we humbly suggest that you try skipping or something like, yeah. Oh, you know, at least I would think about it, <laughs> which is better than not even considering it at all. I want to tell you a, a quick, a quick story, not even a story, but just a, a mention that I was at a meditation training and you know the the space was beautiful it's like um circular wooden space with a huge sort of cathedrally ceiling and we're in there sitting in meditation for lots of time during the day and the other ways that we used our body in the space is kind of to walk in and out to go pee or to drink water and i got invited to into that space to teach a movement class and around the middle of the experience middle of the week and it was really beautiful to watch how that had influenced people in their bodies for the rest of the week. People would just start like kind of walking, mm. dance walking themselves to the space or people stayed after their sits to dance. They were playing more music and it just effortless. Mm. Just that one class shifted the permission or shifted the, the energy of the space. And all of a sudden bodies were like, oh, I can, I can move here. Mm. Um, it was amazing to watch that. I think you, you would know far more about this than, than I do, but I'm thinking about how, you know, we will attach certain emotions to like physical locations. Like, it, you know, you had a sad experience in a place. It's like, this is a place of sadness, or this is a place of joy. Of course, there's other things that can influence those feelings, but often it's our, like, what did we experience there or, or somewhere similar? But I'm thinking about that, how you're like re kind of reprogramming, re-inviting a way of physically being in a space. And until people have had that experience, they're like, they're not aware of that possibility sometimes. And so mm -hmm. why the even more like, why would it be so important to take environments that we normally just don't consider feeling, moving, being in our bodies, like playing and like doing these maybe unexpected invitations for something like that. Like, you know, put a, put, throw a bunch of balls on the floor somewhere where there's not balls and people will be curious <laughs> about them. They'll start to, maybe they'll like, maybe they'll throw them or they'll like kick it, you know, or they'll just, their mind will do something different than usual because there's something unexpected. And that's like, um, 
Priya Parker, yeah. who I think I've mentioned to you, I'm a big fan of her stuff, like art of gathering. And in, in when you have a, a, a gathering that like these, these elements of, um, that prompt behavioral change are really important to get people to kind of form that, you know, container or the, 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 um, the importance of, of a place, of a time, of a meeting, that there's, there's something that just breaks our normal way of being. Yeah, because there was, um, I was in a course and I'm not going to remember the dang language, but they were talking about two different brain states and one being sort of the, the more automatic way that we live life based on patterns and paths of least resistance. And there's uh, sort of a lower level of consciousness in that way of being and that something like that, throwing balls in a room would initiate and trigger a completely different brain state and therefore you're having a completely different experience and you're immediately out of a pattern and having to be engaged um it doesn't take very much no uh, i picture you at the airport moving as you do and i've seen you on post instagram stuff where you're like i'm, I'm going to be in the corner stretching it out but if you're the only one doing it it's very unlikely that that's going to catalyze any you know hive mind change mm -hmm. because you're an outlier like you think of you think of systems it, it feels uh dangerous mm -hmm. in our bodies to do something that could essentially be socially risky yeah it, it, became, it can feel like life and death even though we're not conscious that it's life or death it can feel like life and death mm -hmm. so someone like kneeling on the ground in the airport and doing cat cows like it feels actually dangerous on a social yeah. level. I, I have seen a video, maybe a TED talk that actually like explains the phenomenon that you're talking about, where like they have a, this video of a concert and it's like, there's the one person who's going wild and dancing and everybody's on the outside. But then there was a point at which like two people joined, yeah. right? And then like the group starts to feel safety, exactly like feel safe joining in. Um, mm -hmm. but, that, but that again comes back to, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it is risky to be the, the person or small pod that completely changes the behavioral code of a space. But if the space itself, right. Is trick, like, do you know, like these are like trickling in suggestions to move differently. And, you know, I, having been to a lot of airports and taking a lot of photos of airport <laughs> that I find inspiring. I'll take pictures of like, they're doing it right. Or, oh no, they got it all wrong. Like I was, I was very, like, <laughs> I was not pleased to find, you know, at one of the, the yoga rooms, which is lovely that they're offering. Cause you know, many airports have prayer rooms and then they started to offer like, oh, here's a yoga room. You see it in San Francisco. I've seen it in some other airports, but the problem was there's a, the wording on the sign that's that this room is exclusively for the practice of yoga. So I know what the intention was that they don't want people to come in there like to sleep or to, to do things that would be disruptive to like have a, you know, a certain behavior. But the problem is by like saying you, that people have to understand what that means to even enter the space. If like, I'm like, well, I just want to go stretch, but is it yoga? You know, it, it was like a lot of yeah, baggage there by saying that yeah. this is what the space for, rather than giving something more helpful. That so was that, actually like, yeah. How, how would you, so let's say you could go in there and fix that. How would you take an exclusionary language and make it even more inclusionary without derailing the purpose of the room? What yeah. would that room be called? Um, quiet movement, quiet, you know, like it'd be like, quiet and movement because it's like you don't have to be in movement but there is an expectation that you're not having conversations so this is like you know it's it's that we're we're not chit-chatting because people are coming in there for like to detach from the sensory information of the the airport itself um and that might look like meditation it might look like stretching like that you know it could look like you're moving more vigorously because that's where I, you going in that room you're like gosh, everybody's like, you know, kind of like doing something very subtle, very quiet. Like, can, can I output more energy? Is that okay? <laughs> um, and it was actually so quiet that I think it would have probably been good to have like the lightest ambient kind of spa soundtrack in there because there's, 
there's a discomfort with the true silence of stepping into that room that could, will make people probably feel even more uneasy transitioning into that state than having some some auditory support like um absolutely but in i saw there's a with an airport that has i mean i don't know the best way to describe it other than like a very narrow table that's tilted sideways at butt height so it's effectively like if you're if you're standing up you're able to rest back so it's like not a, it's not a seat you know, but you're, you're standing, but you're able to like rest your pelvis on this thing. Um, and we saw, it's, just, it's a very, it doesn't take up much space, but it was like in the waiting area for, for the airline. Um, and you know, it, people are, they're different. They're, you're starting to move differently when that's your, your point place of rest. Um, you know, just having things of more heights, more different heights, like really rounded things, things that look more like balls, people move differently than when it looks like a flat chair. It's subtle stuff, like the subtle details of the surface you're on, <laughs> you know, bringing it back to the floor flow challenge, like yes. the surface you're on and in <laughs> swimming through. There's also in that I hear shape as well. Cause you think of a chair as like straight right angles. Yeah. And yeah. But in a lot of it's, a lot of it's unconscious, right? Like a, a chair that's completely flat versus one, most chairs that I encounter are sloped where the front edge of the chair is slightly higher. And that like, will dump you back into a, a slouch, a slump, um, you know, and you have to try so, 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 so hard not to be in that position and it's far too effortful. So then you, you know, you're, you're always then finding yourself like collapsing back, but it's, it's unconscious for the most part. It's the, it's the chair <laughs> that's, that's inviting yeah. you that way. Um, so it's, it's simple, yeah. like design stuff, but you know, why am I not finding myself immersed in <laughs> redesigning airports yet? Well, I also love teaching classes and I'm somehow can't do it all yet at the same time, but I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm, I'm working on it. If anybody listening to this happens to have an in on airport design and you need a movement consultant, I am available. <laughs> That's awesome. I would love yeah. to. I see yeah. it. I see it. That would be amazing. I mean, if, even you go into a mall, there are play, play sections, play pens for children. What, what, what about us? What about it, us? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, that's something that sometimes you have to go to these like festival places that, that create these environments where, well, a, adult humans can actually just feel whole again. And a lot of that are these environments that invite behavioral change or wearing the, the, the costume being anything that we wear as a costume, right? But wearing the costume that actually brings you to life. Like what's, yeah. what's the costume that brings you to life? So I'm going to leave with this, uh, final uh, taking your suggestion about prompting. Yeah. So I'm going to ask if you will give us a prompt that either attends to the chat that we had or is inspired by some of the topics. Mm -hmm. I think it's the, to first move in a way that where you really brought attention to stiffness crunchiness, soreness, you know, like if I just start moving, I'll tend to notice like what feels, ugh. and we, yeah. a lot of us do, you know, and that may well be the signal that brings us into motion. So if you just kind of move your body in a way that brings your attention to like, oh, there's, there's tension there. Things feel a little congested there. It's usually not hard. <laughs> Most adults have a very easy time finding the, the, uh, find, like keep moving and finding the, the, uh, wait uh, how do you not get stuck there marlo how do you not get stuck in well, this right stuff? but that's what we're gonna realize that like just how easy it is to instead go oh my gosh it feels so good in here it just it feels wow 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 like it's slippery inside it never felt better that just that that like noticing if you are experiencing any motion in a like if your focus is on the stickiness of it, or if you can, you know, just, it's not, you're not brainwashing yourself by just playing, <laughs> testing, testing out the idea of like, yeah, this feels easy. It's like, it's, it's easy to move large. It's easy to, to move without stopping. Um, 
to have this, like, you're just so lubricated and elastic your your quality of so i'm gonna just give a commentary marlo at the at this moment is sort of uh shifting weight and circling and kind of waving around like it's really windy in her in her house yeah yeah (laughs) maybe there's lots of balls around you and you're just kind of leaning into this ball and then leaning into this ball yeah I, i also like yeah, like right, the bounce, like bouncing, exactly bouncing off of like large balls around you, and yeah. because we're gonna get that signal like a lot of something feeling achy. You know, oh, you'll yeah. we'll feel like there is a tight or there is an achy, and it can be nice to to notice that and move that area to move with that sensation. But keep in mind that it we are we find it so much easier to go like this feels stiff and this feels uncomfortable and it's hard to get started. It's hard for me to get started because I feel stiff. It's hard for me to get started because I feel discomfort, but there's right. There are, there are infinite options and just like testing out (laughs) slipperiness is the, is a, a word that like shifts how I move into something that rather than the the grittiness the like the gristle of moving into a, a tight hamstring the 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 kind of yeah. like dry um mm, textured resistance there it's yes. like i see this a lot when people have experienced tightness um they want to immediately want to go into it and like go into some sort of end range and like mm-hmm. fix it this is a very different quality this is not trying to push. Yeah, not, I mean, I think not aggressive. We can we can play with like the you know letting movement be, you know, very 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 gentle in the way that you move only as large as feels easy. Like how small does the movement have to get for you to feel like it's just it's just kind of like bouncing around inside of you without much muscular effort. Well, we forget the the possibility of letting things be both bigger and easier. Often when we go big, we go to end ranges or we go the sensations or the like, right? But you can, what, how can you go like larger and come back and have like this, the resilience and a bounce in your movement. And then this could be standing. It could be any position that you're in, but it's, to, to notice when you start moving and it feels Ugh, because what's what's remarkable is that when we feel that and we keep attending to that, you might feel like you have to warm up for like 30 minutes. And I, I see this and people like, they're like, oh, I'm stiff and I'm, you know, I'm still just trying to get it out, which there, there may be wonderful work that's happening in that process, but we can also try on just imagining a different, um, (laughs) a different possibility for ourselves in that moment that like, what happens if you let it be easy? Right. And and there's always reasons like to, there are, I I turn up the dial down a lot of like the, the tension and the work and then making things as easy as possible. And so we, you know, for balance, we want both for like a healthy muscular system. Like you want both you want, but, um, yeah. I think that when we're, you know, coming back to like the obstacle to getting started for a lot is that the feelings of resistance, the feelings of stiffness, of blah, of stagnation. So like overcoming that, um, there's, we can practice certain motions, but depending on how we are participating in that motion will determine like how, how long we stay with it, like what it becomes. Um, yep. So yeah, like getting and started, reducing, reducing friction to getting started might come down to like reducing the feeling of friction within your own body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then from there we could like, now let's make it something that's a lot more activating, but you know, get, get started first. Yeah. It reminds me of just like tuning the radio dial until the channel is clear and then you can crank the volume up, you know? <laughs> yeah, it would sound, it would sound right. terrible if you're like not really right on the right channel and then you turn it up and you get all that static in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's, I don't even remember having a radio that <laughs> you had to use a knob for. I'm like only remembering <laughs> digital, but that sounds pleasurable. <laughs> well, I have, um, there's a, a company called Musen and they um, revive like 
uh, designs, radio designs from the 50s and 60s and 70s, and they make modern Bluetooth speakers out of these old radio designs, but some of them have a radio function and they work the old way. And it's Fine. really like delicious to get your fingers <laughs> around it and tune in. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful, like I do miss it anyways. So except um, what's so, on the radio might not be what you want, let's, but um, sometimes let's, uh, give the, yeah. give everyone a little breakdown of where they can find you or what's coming up for you or anything you want to share about yeah. it. Well, I have no idea what's coming up for me. So if someone can help me with that, just call me. No, actually, don't call me. I don't answer the phone. So you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram, Marlo Fiskin. Uh, flowmovement.net is my website. Um, but, you know, chances are there'll be more floor movement trainings in the future, heavily leaning into more pole resources for teachers for Whoa. the future but um you know the 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 is it digital is it in person uh questions are all tbd but guaranteed there'll be some some online classes um yeah. you have quite an extensive pre-recorded library as well which is yes there's a lot a of great things. resource right whether you want to do a deep dive into spinal movement for eight weeks, spinal flow upgrade, or you want to hear more details about inverting on a pole than maybe you even ever wanted. <laughs> then that exists too. <laughs> yeah. So, mm -hmm. That's, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. You're nice very welcome. You. And it's so good chatting with you, Tracy. I, I always like to throw in that we've known one another now for probably like 13 years or something yeah, to that effect right. in our, our early, early poll days. So good getting to chat with an old friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just got an image of um, a much older version of us still sort of wiggling around on the floor and talking about movement. Guaranteed. Um, Again, yeah. it'll all, it'll only get stranger as time goes on. <laughs> oh, let's hope so. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Right, right, right. I'm going to end the, the podcast. Bye. Thank you. You've been listening to the Freestyle Approach podcast brought to you by Finding Your Freestyle. If you're interested in learning more about exploration or joining me for a class online or a retreat in person, you can check it all out at www.findingyourfreestyle.com or find me on Instagram at Tracy Kafer or at Finding Your Freestyle. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs>